Aloha, everyone. It's Matthew Gray. Buckle up for a lively ride here on 50 Tastes of Gray with the incredible Jacqueline Strominger. From matzo ball musings to accidental winemaking adventures, we covered it all. I don't even know how we got into the whole matzo ball thing, the sinkers and the floaters, but, you know, conversation does that kind of stuff. Anyway, Jacqueline is a seasoned mentor with over three decades of passion. She spilled the beans on guiding folks through life's twists and turns. Discover how she went from magazine mogul to accidental winemaker while helping others find their groove. Dive into our chat about confidence boosts, life leaps, and the secret to successful coaching. Jacqueline's journey from entrepreneur to grape grower in Reno is as intriguing as her contagious zest for life. Feeling stuck? Need a nudge toward greatness? Well, Jacqueline's your go-to guru. If you'd like to keep up with me or 50 Tastes of Grey, just stop by my website at lovelife.com. But in the meantime, tune in and soak up the wisdom and get ready to level up with Jacqueline Strominger on 50 Tastes of Grey. What have you eaten today? Oh my God, it's not going to be very good. (laughs) So I have had my proverbial cup of coffee. I'm actually on coffee cup number two. Um, And yeah, so there are cheers, right? Cheers to coffee. Cheers. Um, And I have not had a substantial meal yet. I've just had some almonds and I like spicy. So I've had a mix of regular almonds and spicy almonds. but normally around 11 o'clock, 12 is actually when I can actually eat, eat. I, I'm a, I like breakfast, but I can't, I want to go to those people that I can't eat a big meal until like later in the day and have gotten going. So people talk about intermittent fasting. I've been doing that. My, I feel like my whole life, cause I just can't eat a whole meal in the morning. Uh, so then lunch is usually something like I look forward to lunch. So it's like, I'll do like eggs and avocado or I don't know. It'll, it depends. Depends on what I have. We actually have 13 chickens. So we have fresh eggs. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a very, very treasured product nowadays. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So nothing really of nothing to write home about yet this morning. Perfect. Okay. Well, it sounds like you have a very good, healthy lifestyle as far as what you're eating because eggs and avocado is what we do every morning as well. Oh, really? So I love, I love eggs and avocado. And my cousin actually got me into, and I don't do this as often as I should. He got me really into doing like a, a whole wheat or a multigrain bread with like a Greek yogurt and then some nuts and maybe a little bit of avocado or even or even um, a nut butter and some like mixing the nut butter with the mm-hmm. Greek yogurt and some nuts on it. And I just, that was a really yummy meal. Oh, that sounds great. Do you come from a, a family of eaters? Or was your mom a great cook? Did you watch her and did you grow up doing that kind of thing? So um, I do, so we're Jewish. So of course we're eaters. So same, <laughs> so, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so, um, so yeah, so we grew up, Food has always been something about, has always been in our life, right? It's like you do everything around food. Food is part of everything. So um, my mom growing up, she was, she was a good, she's a good cook, but funny, the tables have turned in my family. My dad is now the cook. Oh, interesting. And my mom's the baker. Oh, actually, I should say that it depends on what they both make stuff, but my dad's really the cook. My mom will make stews, but growing up, this is gonna. This is like probably the worst and most decadent 
meal, but it was my favorite, which was chicken Diane. And I don't know if you know what chicken Diane is, but it's like chicken with like gooey cheese and stuffed with broccoli and Say no more, Jacqueline. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I'm making a, a, a Italian wedding chicken uh, tonight, which is, you know, sun-dried tomatoes and cream and butter and basil and stuff like that. So it's yeah. kind of a similar sound as your uh, chicken Diane. Yeah, I need that recipe. So I yeah. made, so because we have eggs over the weekend, I made, on Friday night, I made, um, I made fresh pasta um, and I did just the, you know, sort of the, carbonara just egg cheese um as with the sauce and i put um it's supposed to be with pancetta in the pan and garlic but i didn't have pancetta so i used turkey bacon mm -hmm. um which was fine a little bit too much turkey bacon and it was a little salty um but it was like my kids devoured it and it was really really great like fresh pasta like it's kind of funny like i have a picture that i posted because of me drying the pasta on my cabinets in the kitchen because I don't, I don't have a drying rack for pasta. Oh, you don't. <laughs> so just hang it anywhere. It will dry out. Yeah. I literally was having it like over every single, I was opening up cabinets and I had to make them high enough because I have a dog and the dog was like in the pasta too. Oh yeah. Is the rest of your family back in Manhattan? No, actually it's really interesting. So my mom and dad, so we moved out here in 2018 and my parents went from Massachusetts to Florida and they really, my mom has always been a mount, like, like the mountains and my dad likes golf. She like, didn't like Florida, like didn't just anyway. So they came out here and they were like, this is great. That's like the best of both worlds normally, because you can normally like ski in the morning and play golf in the afternoon, mm -hmm. except for this winter it's crazy um so they my parents moved out here in um november of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic and um i have a sister who's in texas so she's in texas um and my husband's family is a whole other story um <laughs> oh, i'm sure it is <laughs> um and my husband's family is scattered also he's got um he grew up in albany new york and he's got some family that's still in albany and now some of the family is in his brother's now in roanoke virginia and um florida oh you guys are all over the place so you were saying that you guys make wine you must tell me about that okay so it is kind of funny uh-huh because i mean obviously we like to drink wine so when we moved we moved to reno um, for, like I said, four and a half years ago in to the August of 2018 and the house, the, the gentleman and the family that was here before us, um, had started planting grapes and grapevines take a while to really make roots and become prolific in grapes. Right. So we have some really, we have older vines mm -hmm. and so they had not been taken care of for like a couple of years so we um kind of nursed them back to health and started like the first year like august um i got somebody out here and he's like you got to pick these guys and i'm like i have no idea what i'm doing and we he brought a half ton trough and i th basically filled it with grapes and we put it went back to his place and ran it through a crusher and distemmer and started making wine and then we started taking a course. And so now we've been making wine. My husband's, a, he's a, a physician. And so he's like really into the science. I mean, I like the science part of it too, but I'm like, 
you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So we've been making, um, we have a, a lot of varieties. So we make everything from Chardonnay to Pinot Gris to something called Zweigeld to Cabernet to Merlot to multiple Chano. So a lot of different, I like red. We're learning how to make it a little bit more robust because I like a hearty red. Yeah. I don't like thin red. Um, so we're learning. It's very interesting. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I bet you never saw yourself doing that. I mean, we moved out here. I mean, I'm from, I lived in, you know, I went from, I lived in Manhattan for 10 years. I lived in Boston for, for I grew up there and then we were back there. So I'm like a city girl. We come out to this house, we moved to Reno and I have peach trees, apple trees, apricot, cherry. And so all of a sudden I'm making jam and pie and my mother's like, what the heck happened to my city girl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's like a left turn away from being a city girl. So every, all of those things grow in Reno? Yeah. Huh. I would have never thought that. I would think that their climate wouldn't allow for that. Reno is weird. I mean, it's a great place. Honestly, it's a hidden gem, if you ask me. So <laughs> maybe not so hidden anymore. But um, but because Reno has, because we're in a valley and everything is, you know, you basically have all these different levels. So where we are, we're at 47 47- hundred feet. Um, it's a really great climate place to grow. And so people that are a little bit further down in the valley, it's also really great to grow. And then you've then a lot of the stuff that we have, a lot of the grapes, a lot of people look at things that grow in France that were, you know, in cold climates and high altitude. Mm-hmm. And so we try to take that and we're able to transplant or take that and put them here. So it's really, I mean, we're almost at the same place, you know, line is, you know, we're, we're not far, you know, we're on the same plane as like Napa and it's a, it's an interesting climate. We're trying to get more wine making here. I was just going to say food is just, I, I love food and it's like, and it's always a part of everything. And it's so like, like I love certain holidays because of the food more so than others. My kids, like we always talk when every, nobody feels great. What do we do? We make a pot of chicken soup and it have to have matzo balls. None of the, you know, got to be a matzo ball soup. Do you make sinkers or floaters? I try to make floaters, but sometimes they sink. Yeah. And, you know, it, my... and I know some of it, de- some of it depends on how long you keep the um, lid shut because you're supposed to put, cook them, cook the matzo balls for 40 minutes without uh-huh. opening up the lid. Right. And I know that has a huge impact on it. And so sometimes I have a not patient child. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, don't. <laughs> My mom could not make a soft matzo ball. Hers were like weapons, but that's what you get used to after a while when you're young. You know, it's like they're hard like a rock. So when I became a chef, I taught her how to make the good kind. <laughs> yeah. So I try really hard to make soft. Every once in a while, it's a fail. There you go. Well, yeah. you know, you totally understand the connection between food and people and relationships. And that's probably why you're at where you are right now doing what you do. So tell us a little bit about the relationships and the communication and the mentoring that you're doing for people. So it's really interesting. Um, And so I started a business called Leap to Your Success. Basically, we're coaching and helping people take leaps in life. And it doesn't have to, I mean, it's, it's any kind of leap, whether it's changing a job, making a move, switching companies. Uh, And it started actually from Actually, when the whole idea, and this has been, you know, in my mind for a while, when I first got out of college, I went to an amazing university and I had this 
I went in thinking to into college with one idea of what I was going to do. And I fell in love with the magazine publishing industry. When I got out, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm into magazine publishing. I'm specifically going into circulation or consumer marketing because you get to work both sides of your brain. And I did that, but then what? Right. So then it was me trying to mentor myself. And I, and I was, I was always looking at every, every time I made a jump to a new career or a new, a new place of business, what new magazine, I was kind of craving a mentor and somebody that could, you know, that I could really relate to not, I want to say be like, but you know, but kind of be like that I was really Mm -hmm. trying to aspire to be. And it was a really, it was a big struggle. And I was, as I was growing in my field, I also noticed there were so many other people that were coming out of college or getting to the same point where they didn't have, they needed a little bit more direction or path. And um, I met my husband and we moved from New York city uh, to Boston. And I did a quick stint in a place with a placement agency. And even there, I still was finding people that were just kind of lost um, so fast forward, I made a huge leap in going into a network marketing business, uh, which I will tell everybody that I think network marketing, if you are like me and poo-pooed it, mm-hmm. don't poo-poo it, find something and connect with somebody that, because you can learn so much, you learn so much in those businesses, which is, but I really fell in love with wanting to help people. And I could, and and in that I was working with a coach and a mentor and so I just really found that I love helping people make changes, yeah. helping yeah. them be accountable, helping them with, and mentoring them through, through the chain, through changes. It doesn't have to be necessarily about their life. Like I'm working with somebody right now who just lost her, she lost her job. She's been looking at doing um, an online business. So working through that, um, I have another woman that I've been working with who she had went through a pretty awful divorce and she's currently working, but she's never left where she lives. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're coaching through making those changes. And another person who's, who was an independent person her entire life. And she's now working for a company and she's like, I need help with this because she's always been independent. It's really about helping people finding their inner happiness too, and helping them make make those leaps and having a person that's kind of holding them accountable and moving them forward step by step and it not being somebody in their family. Cause we always know sometimes when you work with somebody in your family or you're talking, not that you shouldn't talk to your spouse or your partner, but sometimes having that other person help you make those specific actionable points for the week to keep helping you move forward. Right. You know, it's so important to have a mentor or somebody who you consider is is someone who can kind of pave the way or help you understand a little bit. There's a lot of psychology involved in helping people. Is that kind of your background? Were you always a people pleaser when you were younger? And did you have the social skills to be able to always reach out and help someone get to the next step? I was very much a people person, but I was very much a very insecure person. Mm-hmm. Very, very insecure when I was younger. And it was through different things I did from whether it was from Dale Carnegie, from different courses that I've taken through Mm -hmm. even network marketing that I kind of, for lack of a better word, came into my own. I feel like I came into my own a little bit later. I've always wanted to be able to, I've always had this desire to help 
people see themselves better because I knew how long it took me to do that. That's where I don't want to have to have you wait as long as it took me to wait so long. You know, like if I can help you do it faster, great. And not that I regret any of it, but I've had people that I've worked with that have basically had said, have said to me, you're the first person that's believed in me. And I get choked up because mm-hmm. it's like, that's like, I don't, I did I'm so glad I'm the first person, but I'm sad that I'm the first person. That's right. That's right. So take us through how this entire thing works, because especially now in the in the post-COVID days, where a lot of people lost their jobs and prices are out of control, and a lot of us are pretty effed up in the head uh, with the PTSD of all that that was going on. We can hardly afford a dozen eggs, never mind a coach. Who are the people who are affording or finding coaches and hiring people like you to help them get to the next step. So it's it's a variety of different people. It's people that I have people that just in a hourly job, but they want more. And then I have people that are in great careers that because of COVID, they or because of and also time, they're they for lack of a better word, they're like stuck, right? They're in this mm-hmm. spot and they know that they are not necessarily happy, but there's that challenge and and fear of making a move and what is the best way. So it kind of runs the gamut. Um, So I've got people from, I guess, all different kinds of backgrounds that I'm working with people that are having a hard time putting rubbing two, you know, sticks together. And I really like to work with people. So if I have to put this for my time, obviously Mm -hmm. if we're doing something on a payment plan, I want to make it affordable, but I also really want to make it so that we have specific things that we're working on. So I give everybody, um, I have a three minute assessment and I have a free 30 minute call with everybody. Oh, good. Yeah. 30 minutes of my time, but it's free because I want to make sure that number one, the person's going to, is ready to put in the work and do the work because I don't want them to waste their time and I don't want them to waste my time. Um, And I also want to see if we're the right fit because- I, I, that's really important. Um, yeah, sure. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm here to help you like really focus in on actionable items that's going to move you forward. So it's a lot of a lot of that, you know, it's kind of both ends of the spectrum. And when people, because I have done a lot of different things and I've been in network marketing as well, if somebody can't, if somebody needs to maybe find that little side hustle too, I can help them find that too. Something that mm-hmm. can help them work their side, like work a side business while they have their day job where they're getting their benefit. Because I love helping people do that too. There's there's some great side hustles out there. And I like also like helping people find what's the right one for them too. From a marketing perspective, Jacqueline, how do you reach out? How do you market your services to people who need you, but don't know about you yet? So, well, this is one way. So being on podcast, number one. Um, and honestly, I'm actually really a big believer in networking. Uh-huh. So I love connecting with people. I find it's kind of interesting too, because I will ask people, hey, do you want to have a virtual cup of coffee? And people are like, what? So I I will do virtual cups of coffee with people. I also am part of some networking groups. And it's really just trying to talk to people about what I'm doing and helping people take a leap to the next level. Like we were at a, um, a whiskey tasting the other night and I was talking to somebody about what I was doing and they're like, oh my God, I need your card. So it's really, I don't want to be like out there blasting, like doing some big billboard mm-hmm. because I do believe in the referral and having people that the connection that way. 
So it's really networking kind of word of mouth and talking to people and then just having those conversations. Um, and that's why I love also, you know, podcasts. I will do interviews with people, you know, just going to different um, events, just trying to connect. You still do the social yeah, thing along there. with the virtual stuff. LinkedIn, social media, all of those, I guess, things. But really, I love just being, I guess, out in the public and doing virtual networking. So there's, or in-person networking, and there's a lot of um, virtual networking. There's a because of the pandemic, a lot of virtual networking groups have started. Mm -hmm. So somebody's looking to grow a business that way too. It's a great place to go and talk and meet people. When you're helping out a client, are you working along the lines of offering them perspectives related to psychology or techniques or some combination of the two? I guess you could say it's a little psychology. We're talking a lot about mindset. And then it's also specific things for them to do actionable items. You know, mindset is half the battle. Yeah. And helping people figure out how to get out of their own head is interesting. And so I do through things that some through things that I've learned and courses I've taken, there's I guess you could say different techniques that I can ask people to try and see what's going to work best for them, get out of their own head. And sometimes it's as, you know, and so it's like little techniques that they could do and then checking in to see how they worked and then giving them little actionable items again, every, you know, every week or every two weeks to help them keep moving. You keep in touch with your clients on a weekly basis, pretty much, and just check up on their progress and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, my typical mode is where we have a call and then we'll do like a 30 to 40 minute session and, you know, um, and then during the next week, you know, it's phone, I'm doing a check-in, I'm checking in on how they're working and seeing if they've done their stuff. They Everybody always gets some kind of a quote-unquote homework assignment. Mm -hmm. So if they've done their homework, and then we talk next the following week as to where they're going and what things that they've accomplished. And, and if they haven't, why not? And then what can we keep doing to keep moving them better and forward? Typically, how do you gauge your success and how long will a client stay with you or be with you or how long will you work together? It's a really good question. So so a lot of it actually is how I'm gauging success is really if we have, we set out some goals that they want to achieve, if we can check those boxes off, then we've had success, even if it's one box. Mm -hmm. um, I usually set people up either it's, we have a set amount of time. So I usually do like a quick session, which is going to be, you know, almost like a month. Um, and then there's a 90 day and then there's six months and they can continue to go on after that. But it's really determining what goals they've accomplished, if they've been able to make the leap that they've wanted to. And if they haven't, we want to look at why not. Right. And so they're also obviously in that getting to know you phase, they're having an opportunity to take a look and evaluate how well it's going with you during that time. Yeah, because I don't I don't want people to waste their time either or my mm -hmm. time. And if it's not working, I mean, then we can always be like, okay, you know what? I can always, if I'm not the right fit for them, there's always other people that I know that I can also recommend because I just want to see people succeed and right. feel really good here and here and see them making progress. I mean, I know this is kind of sound weird, but we, we moved across the United States and I have worked with a couple of different coaches myself. And there have been some times when the, the first coach I worked with, they got me from point A to point B. They got me out of my head, helped me learn, 
you know, an industry more than I had ever, something that I had not known before. Right, right. And then I got to a point where I was like, you know what? This person's not serving me anymore. I need to move on. And so I went, I got a different coach and I've actually worked with a coach on the same coach on and off for almost 10 years. So some, you know, so different times when I, when I personally have needed to make a change, I love having that. So when I moved across the United States, that was a huge move for us. Huge. Um, I mean, I've never lived on the West Coast before. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, establishing uh, a rapport is so important, isn't it? it? It really is. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you could turn on being with the coach for a, a while. And then you're going to be like, okay, you know what? You are good. Let's just touch base. I'm going to connect with you like in six months and see how you are. See where you're going. Maybe we need to come back and revisit things. But the one thing that somebody always said that that I've heard from a few different people is that the amount that you need to, you know, if you take 10% of your earnings, you need to take a 10% of that and put it back into investing in yourself. And so I actually took that to heart when I got, and I became an entrepreneur. And I just said, I need to be able to do that myself because we always have to be learning and moving. That kind of stuck with me. Is there a certain person right now that you're still working with, that you're learning new techniques from and, and new ideas from, so then you can then turn that on to your clients and help others? Yeah, so actually right now I'm in the middle of a course with um, Shirzad. He's dude, he does positive um, IQ. And, um, and so it's actually really about learning how to, if you're in a moment and you're almost like getting in your head or if you're finding yourself in a meeting and you're not focused, how you can bring yourself back. Mm-hmm. And, or if you have something happen to you in the middle of the day, let's say for example, I actually, cause it actually just happened to me right before we got on this. I got some pretty awful news about my, about a teacher at my son's school. Mm-hmm. And I literally just took 10 minutes and did what we call PQ rep, just doing a little mind work. So I get my, get that out and then just be able to come back in. That's a really good technique. Is that something you could share with with the people who are listening to us right now? Uh, a quick technique to get them out of their head yeah. for the moment. Yeah. So actually, this is a simple, very simple thing. So if you and this is just what I did. Um, if you have some of that bad negativity, one of the things that I I've learned to do is I basically close my eyes and I take my fingers and I rub them and I do set a timer for about two minutes and mm-hmm. I rub my fingers together. And I just really start feeling all of the tips and the ridges and everything on my fingers and just focus on that feeling. And I want to stay there for two minutes and then I want to bring it down to wiggling my toes and moving my fingers and toes to, you know, and then I always want to, at the end of the two minutes, it refresh and focus. And it really helps you get out of the head because you're just focusing on the tactile sensation of of moving your fingers. So your brain's getting, you're stopping your brain from thinking the negative so that you can move it out of that. That's interesting. There's a tapping technique that does something like that as well. The tactile stuff gets you out of your head sometimes. And that's why people are also doing a lot of breathing. You know, before we start to wrap up and then talk about how people can get a hold of you and all that kind of great stuff, I wanted to ask you what your personal thought is on the explosion of coaches. 
life coaches, wealth coaches, financial coaches, digital nomads, and all that that have just come about in the last three years. Prior to three years ago, when COVID hit, the only coaches I knew about were the men and women who were helping athletic teams do their thing. Nowadays, you got coaches for everything. Do you find that 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 is something that's a little overblown right now? It's a really great question. In some cases, yes. I mean, honestly, when I decided to get into this, I was like, hmm, there's a lot of people out there. But at the same time, I think something that's changed and why I think it's so needed is that we do have people that are people that can help us with our health, people that, you know, can help us. I mean, there's the athletic coaches and all of those where I find that I think there's this great proliferation of coaches is that I don't necessarily think a lot of the corporate world where we probably where a lot of people got that mentorship guidance, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. kind of went away. And so now there's there's a void. And I think that's a it's been a building void over time. And so you've got a lot of people who need to have that for maybe it's the better way is saying advisor or mentor, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I think of myself more as a mentor and accountability partner. That's going to help somebody along the way because it's something that's no longer there or because so many people are actually working from home. I think that also causes you used to, I think you'd get some of that mentoring and accountability when you are in a actual workplace because, you know, it's the, it's uh, sometimes it could be happening at the water, you know, at the water cooler or, or right. the bubbler, depending upon what you want to look at it. Right. Or the social in the thing. lunchroom. Right. Yeah. So now that's gone in a lot of ways. And I just think there's, there's a need for it because it's, we don't, we're not getting it where we used to get it. And yeah. now I think there's a way to help people get it even to help people, help people move and be a focus on themselves outside also of the workforce, because sometimes in the workforce, it's um, a competition. So now you've got somebody outside, you know, and I don't necessarily think, I mean, I think back when I was even, you know, in the corporate world, we didn't have that corporate like path. There was nobody that was following you through and, and helping you even as a new person coming into the workforce. So I really think that now there's a bigger need for it because companies aren't necessarily providing that. Exactly. There are a lot of talented people out there like you. And it's quite clear that the corporate culture, the political culture, the medical world, that they really are not trailblazing anymore. And that maybe there are just individuals who have a lot of skills and talents that they can share with the world, you know. And I think that's, you know, I think that's one of the, it's one of the beauties of being able to share and being able to help other people. There are very, like, I think about my, some of my nieces and nephews and things that they've, companies that they've gotten involved. There are so few corporate training and development programs that people can get into. And so all there's, so if you've got like a small subset here, there's all these other people and there's all these other people that have been in these careers for a long time and they may not necessarily be happy and don't know how to make that change. Now, that's a really important aspect to take a look at. Tell us a little bit more about how people can get a hold of you and uh, the, your website and all of that good information. And yeah. So people can find me. My website is leaptoyoursuccess.com. Great domain name. Thank you. Yeah. Leaptoyoursuccess.com. Hit contact and you'll get, you'll get, you can fill out your information and then I will send a 30 three minute quick assessment. And then we book a 30, a 
a free 30 minute call. And then you could also find me on LinkedIn at Jacqueline Strominger and Instagram and Facebook. I'm actually Jacqueline's Gems. So it's my first name, J-A-C-L-Y-N-S-G-E-M-S. So Jacqueline's Gems on Instagram and on uh, Facebook. On the gems, is that having anything to do with the precious stones or the gems of wisdom that you share? Gems of life. Good, good, good. That's great. Okay, so once again, tell us, is that your telephone number we're seeing here? Um, Actually, that I should have changed. is my. It's actually an old number. It got long story, but my telephone number, if anybody wants to get a hold of me, happy to, 775-402-9686. So 775-402-9686. Call me, text me. I am here to help. And then you can just go to, again, www.leaptoyoursuccess.com and you can find me there. And actually on all my Instagram, Facebook, and all those fun things are all there too. So you can connect with me right from my website. Oh, that's great, Jacqueline. So uh, before we say aloha, I wanted to ask you, because at the top of the show, we were talking a little bit about the wine you and your husband are growing. Yes. Is is your wine, your own produced wine, the wine you go to when you guys want a glass or are you drinking something else? Ah, that's a really good question. Um, it depends. Sometimes it's our wine that I go to because I actually real. I'm not a very oak. I don't like oaky Chardonnay. And so we have no oak in our Chardonnay. So ours is really, really clean. I think a good crisp Chardonnay. It's so if crisp, I want not not buttery, not tropical. It's not really tropical. It's just it's a. I like I like it. It's not very oaky at all. So it doesn't uh-huh. have. So I love our Chardonnay. And then red wine. It depends because I like a big hearty red wine. Sometimes I'll have ours depending upon what we have because we only make twenty cases. Oh, that's a year. barely enough for you guys. I Right. So, <laughs> hey, so, um, and we do give some of it away, but if I'm going to have, sometimes I'll just, I'll, I'll grab a red that we've, that somebody's given us, but a mm-hmm. lot of times it is our own. I will tell you that our first few years of making wine, not very good. Oh yeah. No, getting, it takes a while. Yeah. We're getting better each year. <laughs> so it, it sounds like the Chardonnay that you guys are making is very close to a Chablis. So if it's not, if there's no oak in it, then really it's more of a Chablis, wouldn't you say? It is, it is, but there is, it almost is more of a Chablis than it is uh-huh. a Chardonnay just because there is not a lot of oak in it. There's no oak in it. Um, and we do, and sometimes because we have, sometimes I would just say it's like white table wine because we have Pinot Gris also on our okay. property and sometimes they get mixed. They get mixed. Hey, you know, just throw it in there. It's a nice recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just throw that in there and that just adds a little bit. But I will tell you one thing that's been really interesting for me since we started making wine. Mm -hmm. I have a very sensitive nose to metabisulfite. And there's a lot of wines that use it. And I will, I laugh because we had one wine that we made and it was like, I'm like, this is awful. Like this, I couldn't get it past my nose. It was too sulfate. And so I was doing an event. I was doing something online, uh, a Facebook event or on Zoom. And my husband had poured me a glass of wine. And I had said, don't pour me that wine. Well, he hands me the wine and he puts the bottle on my desk. It's not our wine. I couldn't get it past my nose. It was, I can't remember what brand it was, but two like metal bisulfite. Like, so a lot of wines, like, you know, it's, it was too powerful at my nose. I'm like, okay, note to self, this wine's not good. (laughs) Is that an additive or is that naturally occurring or is there some combination of the two? It's, um, it's something that you add in to help kill off yeast. 
in you know to kill and to kill off um not these to kill off bacteria oh wow there you go that's the reason why i guess it's like a preservative yeah. in a way right yeah yeah, because when as you're doing the fermenting process and everything's going through, you don't you have to obviously you you don't want you know there's a fine line between something being bad and you don't want bacteria growing in there. You don't want want things to sort of get moldy. So there's things that you obviously need to add into it to kill off any of those things. This so. has been a fantastic education. We're learning about wine. We're learning about mentorship. This is a great great thing to be able to offer. I think we might have just created a new business. Yeah, we could drink wine and mentor, right? Exactly. <laughs> wine Thank tasting and mentorship. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for joining us on 50 Tastes of Grey today. I'm going to stay in touch with you, and I'll yep. put a lot of your information in the show notes, and we'll kind of continue from there. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matthew. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. Bye. Aloha.